Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast, where we talk about how to experience gospel freedom. Romans 6-7 says, For one who has died has been set free from sin. On today's broadcast, Mike Cleveland, founder of Setting Captives Free, shares how you can experience the freedom purchased for us by Jesus Christ at the cross. Okay, hello everybody. Uh, This is Mike Cleveland, and I'm coming to you from the state of Washington. And I have a good friend and dear brother with me today, uh, all the way from Estonia. And his name is Lenart. And I'm so glad to be able to meet you, Lenart, to say hi and to be able to, to fellowship with you like this. So welcome to the podcast, brother. Thank you, brother Mike. Uh, it's a joy uh, to fellowship together with you and to minister the gospel together. It is. And, you know, I have been ministered uh, by you. I've been ministered to greatly. Uh, we are both on Marco Polo. We have a men's group and uh, I get to listen to you there. And uh, it's, it's really wonderful to be, you know, we're, we're so far apart geographically, but because the Lord Jesus is in us both, uh, we, ha- we are so close together right now. And I, I just really appreciate you so much, brother. Yeah, I'm also thankful for this opportunity with Marco Polo in here uh, to fellowship together in the gospel of Jesus Christ and the message of the cross, which, is, which has become so precious to me uh, through this ministry and has changed my life literally. Uh, that is wonderful to hear. And just for people who don't know you, uh, you are a mentor with Setting Captives Free, and I'm going to guess, has it been maybe six months or four months? <laughs> How long have you been mentoring uh, with us? I, I'm probably since June, I guess, or July. Okay, so it's been over six months. Okay, very good. Well, we're just so glad to uh, to minister together. Uh, so let's Today, we're, we've chosen this passage to look at. Actually, it, Leonard, the reason that I chose this passage is because I got the opportunity to hear you minister uh, through this passage in Zechariah chapter 12. And so I thought, wow, what a great chance and opportunity it would be to work through this passage together. And so uh, let's begin just a short introduction on this passage in Zechariah, the, the nation of Israel, as you know, uh, has been taken captive. They've been dispersed throughout the nations. They're, they're hardly even a nation anymore because they're dispersed all through the nations. And this is because of their sin and God's anger against their sin and so forth. But here in this chapter, um, God is promising that he's going to do a work in them again, that he's going to call them out of the nations, that he's going to bring them back to himself. And we're going to begin and pick this up in chapter 12 and verse 10. And uh, do you want to uh, read verse 10 there, uh, Leonard? Right, okay. And I will pour out on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications, and they will look upon me 
whom they have pierced, and they will wail over him with wailing as for an only son, and cry bitterly over him with bitter crying as for a firstborn son. Yeah, so we look at this and we see that God is going to do something for the people here. Um, and the first thing that I see, Leonard, is that he's going, going to pour out his spirit on them, his spirit of grace and prayer or supplication. Um, and, and so, you know, what it would look like is here this nation is taken captive, they're dispersed, and yet God is going to pour his spirit out and give them grace, and the result of that will be they're going to seek him. Uh, they're going to pray. And they're going to have a spirit of prayer. So they're going to, they're going to cry out to him in their captivity. And, uh, and what, uh, as you look at this passage, Leonard, how is he going to answer their prayer uh, as they pray to him, according to verse 10 here? What is he going to show them? So I see here that God is going to show them his son and and how his son was crucified and pierced um, by the sins of his people. That's exactly right. Uh, and so it is with you and I. So it is with everyone who senses their own captivity and, and that they're in bondage and that they They've lived in rebellion against God. And when he comes to us, Lenart, he initiates this activity. He gives us a spirit of wanting to seek him uh, and pray to him. And as we do, he brings before our eyes a slain lamb, uh, his firstborn son, whom he gave to be pierced. Uh, and this is an amazing sight, brother. If if you were to look right now and see this only son who was pierced, um, what does it do for you as you as you see this yourself? And as, as you've looked in the past, I know you said, um, you know, you have been brought to look at the cross here lately. Uh, what has this done for you personally? Oh, it's been uh, literally life-changing for me. Um, so uh, about a year ago, the Lord really uh, mercifully and grace, graciously began um, in a new way, bringing me to the cross. And um, it was last winter, I remember the Lord beginning to show me the cross um, in a new and fresh way. and. Um, and this has truly been uh, something uh, life-changing for me to see the cross uh, so personally, made so personal by the Spirit, to see uh, the Father give up his own only begotten Son for me personally, that God would love me so much that he offered his own son for me personally, for my sins. It is uh, something that effect, has affected my heart deeply 
has broken my heart over and over again and has broken the power of sin in my life over and over again. So, um, so last year was really um, so special for me because um, I, I met my Savior in a new and fresh way at the cross and saw him, saw how my sins pierced him. And he did this because he loved me so much. And um, this is how God has become intimate and near to me, that he is truly my father who, who ha has loved me so personally by giving his only begotten son for me. And um, this love is truly something that fills me and satisfies me and, and keeps me from going back uh, to my former sin. That is such a powerful statement. And one of the things that you said earlier is that this sight of the pierced son uh, not only broke your heart, but it broke the power of sin in your life as it has mine. And so, Lenart, if you think about this, you know, we were in bondage uh, to sin for so long. And I don't know about you, but I tried so many things to, to stop. The problem was that they were external things like putting a filter on the computer or, or doing a diet or, or all of these external things when what needed to happen was my heart needed to be crushed. I needed to be humbled. I needed to die to my old self. And you and I have had this same experience in turning to the cross and what we see there crushes us. And, and this is why people are hesitant to look. They don't want to look um, because they sense that they will die. But yet this is exactly what's needed, isn't it, brother? Yes, that's exactly right. Um, I, I've come to see that if we want to know Christ uh, in a real way, we have to know the cross without the cross. We, we cannot really get to know Jesus Christ in a personal and living way. And, um, and the cross is something that um, cuts us and breaks us and wounds us. And it's, um, it's something painful, but along with that comes um, the um, deepest and greatest intimacy with the Lord Jesus Christ we could ever have. And um, this has been my experience. Um, this really became a, a turning point for me personally uh, to turn uh, from sin because um, I just, something was missing. I, I just, I just couldn't see why I couldn't leave my sin, and then God just gave me a personal word that um, I need to learn uh, to uh, suffer with Christ, and um, this really opened my eyes, and uh, I saw these verses in, in the book of Philippians where it says that um, 
and Philippians 3.10 says that um, we, uh, we can, we, in, we endeavor to know Christ and to know the fellowship of his sufferings. And I saw that the fellowship of his sufferings is to know the cross of Jesus Christ, to suffer with him, to enter into his sufferings, to sense the sufferings of Christ, to experience his cross, to experience the pain he went through, and to let that uh, deeply uh, enter into me and touch me and change my heart. And uh, I also saw that this is God's gracious work. Just like here it says in Zechariah 12.10 that it's the spirit of grace that God pours out. And it's only the spirit that can make the cross so real and that can make the fellowship of the suffering so dear to us. In Philippians chapter 1, verse uh, 29, I believe, says, that uh, it's God's, it's God's grace. God graciously grants us to suffer on behalf of Christ. It's um, God's grace that can make us enter into this fellowship of His sufferings, of His cross, and to and to really have this uh, deep transaction um, that in our heart that changes us. Uh, deeply and um, it, it is painful but it's also something that uh, brings us into intimacy with Christ into resurrection into resurrection life and uh, in, and it satisfies us deeply it brings us into fullness of life so it, on the one hand it's, it is uh, painful but it's something so sweet and precious because we get to know Christ so intimately through the cross. Amen. Amen. Uh, when we do these recordings, if I say amen, it blocks you and people don't hear it. So I've had to learn to be quiet, but inside I am shouting. And that's exactly what happens. You described it perfectly. And you know, um, for so long, and, and Lenart, you can tell me if this is true for you as well, but uh, when I was trying to stop doing certain behaviors like impurity or overeating or just any way of living in the, the lust of my flesh, um, I was not able to be free because of this very thing you're talking about. I hadn't entered into the fellowship of suffering, which only comes as you look at the cross. And is this, is this your experience as well? I don't remember what you've said about your testimony, but had you tried in the past as well to stop doing certain things and just could never somehow find godly sorrow and genuine repentance? Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. This is something that I, that I really longed for. Uh, I've been a serious seeking believer and uh, uh, my, my struggle with uh, with impurity really um, made me desperate to find freedom, and I wanted to uh, <clears throat> glorify God with my life and please Him, and to be pure and uh, free from the sin of impurity. But uh, somehow I couldn't bring myself to this sorrow, this 
genuine, heartfelt sorrow. I did have the sorrow, but it wasn't something consistent or deep enough to keep me from going back to the sin. I, I really wanted to be free, but I just didn't have this, this inward sorrow and this inward, um, um, deep uh, inward grace um, to um, really turn away deep in my heart and um, and and it and I, I through this ministry I saw that the cross is the solution to our sin problem and it took me time uh, it didn't happen very quickly for me um, uh, it, it took me months to come again and uh, it was very painful to fall again but I uh, but by the by God's mercy I would just come back uh, and to the gospel come back to viewing the cross and then at God's appointed time when he had mercy on me I I discovered the cross in a new and living way even though I had known about the cross for years but it was the same message but it was just so new and fresh uh, as if I'd never heard it before and and truly the cross has become the key for me to find that that sorrow um uh, uh, and repentance and, and godly sorrow, sorry, sorrow that brings life and freedom and deep satisfaction and intimacy with Christ. It's the sorrow where you uh, feel sorry, not just because I have done something uh, sinful before a holy God, but it's a sorrow that I have actually had a part in crucifying Christ. It is a miracle. How can I feel sorry for, for Jesus who died for, um, for me 2,000 years ago? How can I be so deeply affected by this event of the cross that I've never physically witnessed? How can I weep over at the foot of the cross and look into the eyes of Jesus see his wounds, see his blood flowing for my sins and see him suffer and die for me? How can I be so deeply affected and, and uh, brought to tears and brokenness and, and deep eagerness to turn from my sins because of the sight of the cross? How can this be? It's not possible. It, humanly, it must be the Spirit's wonder-working uh, a grace in me to do this in my heart. So truly, uh, brother, I, I can testify that the cross has become the key for me to find repentance, sorrow, and freedom from sin. Yes. And uh, I, I, get, I get speechless as I come to the cross with you and I hear of the power that it's had in your own life. I've, I feel like you're describing my life to a T. Uh, but I want to make sure that for our listeners, brother, we connect these two thoughts in verse 10 here. They will look on me whom they have pierced. 
That's thought number one. And mourn for him as for an only son. They will grieve bitterly for him. Uh, I believe your version said wail or uh, what was that? Uh, that you cry bitterly over him and wail as for an only son, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. And so what we're talking about here is brokenhearted people who become that way through their looking on him whom they have pierced. Those two thoughts have to go together, don't they, brother? That's right. Yes. Um, uh, yes, we have to see Christ, see his cross, and, and we have to bear in mind that it's not something that we can see in ourselves. We are absolutely dependent on the Spirit. This wonderful spirit of grace, as this verse mentions, and it's only the spirit that can show us the cross in this way. We, we cannot somehow have it in ourselves. We need to see the work of the spirit to reveal the cross in such a heart-transforming way to us, in such a life-giving way to us, in a way that would really bring the sorrow and the salvation and freedom from sin. Yes, um, and that's why we see in this passage the connection between God pouring out his spirit and us seeing the cross of Christ and becoming, the result of it is, becoming brokenhearted. Um, it talks about here grieving bitterly, or as you said, wailing or um, crying, you know, and it's not that we have to have tears, uh, we can or we don't have to. There, either way, our heart is broken when we see what Jesus went through. And Leonard, I, I look at the cross and I see what has happened is that God took my sin and your sin off of me and put it on his son so that Jesus now is bearing in his own body uh, my sin. He has literally become sin. If you, if you look at that cross, Leonard, what you're seeing is a mass of sin. Um, and, and specifically, I see my sin of impurity hanging on Christ as if he were impure. He's, he's, he's not. He was holy. He was the Son of God. He is the Son of God. He's God Almighty, the, the infinite infant, was born in a manger as God and grew up living perfectly, the only man to ever have done so. And yet when he came to the cross, God transferred my sin, my rebellion, uh, my disobedience onto his perfect son. And, you know, in the Old Testament, when the sinner would reach out and touch the lamb and this transference would happen, the sin would, would symbolically be put on the lamb, the lamb that was pure without blemish and spot, then had to be sent away as if it were a sinner. And so that's what I see at the cross, brother, is that my sin just crucifying God's son. And brother, I can't hardly even talk about it because that is so humbling to me. Uh, it, it's, it tells me I'm worse than I ever thought I was. Uh, but you know what else it tells me? I'm loved 
more than I deserve to be. And to see him suffering, he's bleeding. Um, nobody has ever uh, shed blood for me, Leonard. He shed his blood. Um, he, he gasped for air. Uh, why? Because he was so crushed with my sin that he couldn't breathe. And that he finally, of his own volition and his own desire, breathed his last and gave up his spirit and died. And, and Leonard, this makes me want to wail. It just, as it does you, brother. And, and, and this is what breaks the power of sin. This changes my heart. It rips out my cold, dead, stony, rebellious heart. It takes it out and it puts this heart of flesh in me that loves now, that I love you. I, I love God first. And why? Because I've seen his love poured out, as it says in John 13, verse 1, having loved his own who were in the world, he showed them the full extent of his love, meaning he had his face set like flint to go to Calvary. And that's how he showed you and I the full extent of his love. And and see, Leonard, the problem that I had was, oh, yeah, I believed in the cross. I think you mentioned that earlier. Um, oh, yeah, I believed in the cross for salvation, but it did not affect my daily life. And this is where the, uh, well, I don't want to get into the fact that we've separated salvation from daily living because the cross is meant to be to be viewed by believers daily to keep us in this position of being crucified with Christ, dead to our sin. Uh, and that's how we find freedom from it, isn't it, brother? That's right. And um, um, yes, you, you spoke about uh, experiencing the love of Christ. And this has been also something uh, so precious to me that the cross the, brings us into the intimate experience of the love of Christ. And when you go through the New Testament, you see in, in, in various passages that the cross and the love of Christ are connected together. The passages speaking of Christ who loved us and gave himself up for us. So the cross is God's way of um, showing us the love of Christ and pouring the love of Christ into our hearts. And that sorrow we experience is actually um, our experience of the love of Christ. And Ephesians chapter 3 describes this love as something that's knowledge surpassing, something that is beyond our um, words. We cannot put it, in, put it into words this uh, amazing love of Christ that uh, we experience when we visit the cross. And this is something that affects our minds and also our emotions. And this sorrow we experience is sorrow mingled with love, uh, sorrow which brings us into deep peace and joy. It's not the sorrow that 
second corinthians chapter 7 speaks about as the sorrow of the world which brings us death which brings us hopelessness and uh, which leaves us stuck in ourselves stuck in our sin um, but this sorrow we experience at the cross is the sorrow that um this um i i, I read about a saint who experienced described it as being wounded by the love of god this is what we experience at the cross the love of christ that he loved us so much that he bled and died and gave up his own life his most precious soul for us that he considered us um, more important than himself that i was so dear to him that he was willing to lose his most precious life for me when we meet that kind of love at the cross we are wounded we are broken but this woundedness this brokenness brings us into the most intimate experience of the love of christ and this breaking this opens the depths of our heart for a fresh infilling of the spirit as we visit the cross daily or daily um, transformation and a daily freedom and i just i i i need to be humble knowing that i need to have this experience of the cross again every day my freedom now needs to be attracted by the cross again every day because in, in myself i still am so weak I still have my flesh, and if I'm not attracted by the cross again every day, I can be, I can fall again. So I've been made so dependent on the spirit of grace, on the cross of Christ, and on the love of Christ. Yes, me too. Amen. Mm -hmm. There's so much more in this passage, and uh, we've got to bring it to a close now. But I hope that I can ask you to come back and we can uh, we can finish this study as we wanted to get to chapter 13. Uh, and so for now, um, I'll I'll ask you to to pray for someone who's listening, uh, Leonard, who is still in this cycle of trying to stop, but I can't do it, and I'm. Uh, I, I'm frustrated. I'm, I'm struggling. I'm falling. I'm in this cycle. Um, but but before we do that, um, I just want to read this passage because, you know, someone might hear this and they go, "Okay, I, I see Zechariah twelve ten, but do I know for sure that this really is written about Jesus? Uh, are we are we talking really about the cross here? Is this this passage? Is it truly?" talking about the cross of Jesus where he was pierced. And so I just want to read this um, in John chapter 19, verses 33 to 37. I'm just going to close with this, Lenart, and then I'll ask you to pray. Um, but it says, When they came to Jesus and found that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. The man who saw it has given testimony, and his testimony is true. He knows that he tells the truth, and he testifies so that you also may believe. 
these things happened so that the scripture would be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And as another scripture says, they will look on the one they have pierced. And so we have this understanding that everything that happened to Jesus, the fact that his bones weren't broken, the fact that he was pierced and crushed on the cross, was a fulfillment of the scripture and specifically Zechariah chapter 12 and verse 10. Uh, so brother, just close us if you would here. We, we're running out of time, but if you would just ask God to reach the heart of somebody who's maybe where you and I were just a, a while ago. Amen. Thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for this time together in your word. And we thank you that uh, we, we could see the gospel again, the message of the cross in this passage in the Old Testament that was fulfilled in the New Testament so clearly. And I pray that this word, the word of the cross, would reach someone's heart who is yearning for this experience of true repentance and sorrow and freedom uh, from the power of sin in the cross of Jesus Christ. I pray that your gracious spirit, the spirit of grace, would reach someone's heart right now and uh, shed abroad the love of Christ in their hearts and show them, reveal to them the cross of love where you, dear Son of God, bled and died for each one of us so personally that our sins pierced you through and nailed you to the cross but this was all for our salvation this was so that you could show us your love that you could pour your grace your spirit your life into us and change us transform us and set us free for your glory i pray for this one heart to be reached through this message your heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.